This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, I talk about my excitement for the upcoming Demon Slayer video game. I play an even weirder fighting game than Dead or Alive 6. Yoshinori Ono is the president of a new game studio. And in our final stage, I educate non-MMA fans as to why the latest Overwatch skin is not racially offensive to the black community. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra, select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra, select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah this is a very weird weird day i hope everybody's having a good day and a great week it's been a beautiful week in terms of weather but today has been crazy on my website talktimelive.com it looks totally different for some reason my entire design and website that I use to design the template that I use to design a site is completely gone and its place is the dashboard or something similar to it, which doesn't measure up to what I was doing with it. And it, it, cosmetically, I, I, I use Tumblr for this to put it together. It's been working pretty well for the last few years and all of a sudden this happens and now they reverted back to the dashboard look, which looks way more unappealing here. So. I've hopefully I've contacted them. Hopefully they'll respond back to find out what's going on here. Why there was an error message in the HTML code that I put together. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I, all I know is that like, I'm not really happy about that. The good news is you can still go into talktimelive.com and check out all of the latest episodes. You can still play them. You can still hear them. Everything's there. These exclusives, it's all there as well. It just doesn't have the same look that it had before and it doesn't look as clean uh it's it's still easier to look at in a mobile standpoint but i don't know what's going on here hopefully we'll get to the bottom of this within four, 24 to 48 hours of it and uh hopefully maybe i can even hear from somebody i don't know how this goes but i hate when i have to talk to custom what i the only way to talk to customer support is via text or email i hate that i really really hate that so what this also may be telling me as well this may be a sign. This may be a, a sign for me to take it to the next level. So in hindsight, I may actually just, whether they can troubleshoot it or not, just, just may be a sign for, to tell me that I may need to evolve the website. It's time for a redesign. It's time for a new facelift, if you will. What do you think of that? So uh, I, I know I can make this into a better website. My deal was to try to make it you know, with the most cost-effective way possible and Tumblr was the most cost-effective way. But to truth be told, Talk Time Live, you know, this this show, Select Start, 
the ACMG brand has evolved in itself, evolved in a way that I can possibly invest in better means to make a better quality brand. So it is because of that, that I may decide that you may be seeing a brand new website that I guarantee be better than it was before. So stay tuned for all that and more. But for now, if you want to check out all of our, you know, webs all of our episodes and everything you can still go to talktimelive.com and again you can also subscribe and download to spotify iheart radio apple podcast google podcast stitcher Podbean, tune in audible pandora and pocket cast of course as well i'll repeat that at the end and i usually re- mention that at the end but you know due to the circumstances i'm just telling you now you could go out of your way to check out this and uh it'll be all up and running from there with that said we got an interesting show today because on our final stage, there will not be a review. Actually, there's probably there's going to be a review on this segment. I kind of switched things around because the final stage, I got a bit of a rant to all of those people in the woke rebellion, you know, uh, uh, community on social media and the cancel culture, which I'm usually not appalled by. I'm usually not, you know, I. I there's some things that are warranted for cancel culture. There's some things that are warranted for being woke, but then there's some things that, you know, people are just cherry picking and going too far. In this case, it comes to Blizzard Entertainment and Overwatch. So if you haven't heard about that, there's a new skin out that people are getting offended by. I think the wrong people are being offended by this and they're trying to speak on behalf of other people that they shouldn't in this case. And I'm just going to talk about it at the end and educate people as to why on a lot of things as a black man and as a fan of MMA get ready because if you're one of those people and you're listening to this show best believe you need to hear this and you better make sure everybody else hears this as well because y'all not speaking for me y'all not speaking for my people and y'all definitely not speaking for MMA fans so stay tuned for that at our final stage because it's pretty much going to be a talk topic rant in this case so I am looking very much forward but let's get to this news here and let's talk about this very weird, convoluted, confusing fighting game that I played that may have, in fact, beat Dead or Alive 6 as the most nonsensical and complicated form of storytelling in all of fighting games. That is the game known as Antimony of Common Flowers. This is a action fighting game uh, uh, that's developed by Twilight Frontier and Team Shanghai Alice. The story is, I feel like this is one of those stories. We get these stories here that are made in Japan. And I feel like some stories are good. And then some of them are just force feeding us with some with some nuance that they don't need to. Some things don't need, some story forms of storytelling doesn't need a nuanced way of telling it. Or maybe it's just that's the way that they understand it in their dialect and their way. And but it's not being translated properly because they're not using any form of, you know, um, dubbing. And of course, or, you know, um, what do they call that? Um, Maybe I'm going ahead of myself in this, but, you know, there's no um, form of translation, ADR script, scripting, if you will, I should say, uh, to basically translate it in a way that we understand what the story is going on here. So it looks like the entire company, which is Japan based, decided to do the storytelling itself and, you know, didn't translate it in a way that 
we can understand what's going on in the story. It is just completely, it feels so completely convoluted in this case. But from what they say, the story tells of an occurring phenomenon known as perfect possession, where a person is taken over by completely, taken over completely by another person. In other words, what they call it in the game is master and slave. And I try not, I don't want to use that term because meh, eh. <laughs> I don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious is one that one, but it is what it is. You know, a master possesses the ability to take over somebody else's body and enslave them to do whatever they want. Now they do this. Some of them do it with uh, within the consent of others. So they do point that out in the, in the story. I, I will want to address that as well. But it's it's a weird thing. But there is also the main character, Remu who is investigating the anomaly known as the urban legend incident, which they consider as a rumor. I want to point that out because despite the anomaly actually happening uh, with the characters throughout the story, they consider the urban legend incidents as a rumor, even though they have all, they all have perfect possession. I don't understand why they're calling it a rumor. It's not a rumor if they are experiencing this now and somebody's passing along this rumor. It That's the confusing part about it. I don't know if the term rumor is a different terminology in Japan, but you know, rumor is a, it's a, it's something that is not true. But in fact, it is true because these characters are in a possession of, you know, of what is called perfect possession and they are possessing different, you know, different other characters to, for their means so it's not a rumor it's a fact that this is happening but they in the game they keep calling it a rumor it, that's one of the confusing things um and if it sounds confusing to you because it is furthermore the characters get into a pointless scenario all through the game story mode that results in them fighting each other with no real rhyme or reason like i can understand if they had perfect like my my part of the story would have said okay there's an anomaly going on that is happening. Maybe, I, I mean, I, you know, I hate to use the old cookie cutter way of doing, you know, of, of saying, you know, do a tournament because that's always the go-to thing for these fighting games. Um, maybe that, you know, perfect possession was recognized within this world, but everybody wants to be the strongest. Maybe that's a simple storyline, you know, to do, but calling it that this is, they're all in an investigation. They're all trying to figure out whether this rumor is real, even though they already they already being possessed. And then on top of that, they're fight they're having these pointless fights that results in nothing. <laughs> it just makes no sense. Uh, so you have that. The story tends to be way more complicated and com uh, complex than it needs to be. And I think all they had needed to do was just make it simple. This is the part, and people people talk about this all the time. How? The, the anime uppity, if you will, because this is an anime themed game. The anime uppity are, are a group of people who believe that subtitle is much better than uh, the original subtitle and original Japanese dubbing. The, the voice acting from Japan is better than, you know, the voice acting in America, which is totally pretentious and and, and just really idiotic. Because one people in America who claim that they're anime uppity who are who are considered anime uppity I should say majority of them are not fluid in Japanese so in their in their sense 
they don't understand whether that voice is appropriately good or does whether it sounds really good for that for that particular character i had a i had a guest on a show a while back that she went by the name of tokyo rose and you could go back in that episode and find it and what happened with that was that i had her on a show to talk about because she is from japan she watches both anime in jap and japanese and american and even she said that not all the uh, actors in there are good are you know considered like really good some of them don't you know aren't really as quality as people in america think they are and she prefers some of the english actors in america compared to other ones in there i believe dragon ball was one of the cast that she said that she liked better than the japanese cast over there which is saying a lot because I grew up with the Japanese cast and American cast. I like them both. And it was just really interesting that she said that, but that's an opinion. That's her situation. But, uh, you know, she said a lot of people don't always like every single actor from the, you know, from the Japanese uh, cast, the actors from there. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those situations. But why is it important to not only have an American English cast, but also an ADR director? uh is because and if, if you don't know what adr is adr is what they do to translate the japanese dialect into english to make it to make sense of it of the story that goes on so if you watch naruto naruto for the most part is straightforward with you know the japanese and the american as well as dragon ball as well as uh, other animes but there's sometimes anime where the cultural aspect it won't translate properly to the American audience. So the ADR directors and the script writers basically use that and reach and translate it to make it appeal and understandable and comprehend to most, uh, you know, audience who aren't really fluid in Japanese or don't understand the ideology and culture of Japan. They at least make it a little bit easier to understand from that standpoint. I believe that is pivotal and important to anything that is being translated from japan or any other cult uh, country as well uh i can absolutely tell you that this company did not put any effort in the investment of using a adr script writer or director to try to, to translate this in a way that makes it more understandable so like i'm not knocking the fact that the dialogue and everything that I'm hearing and I'm at least reading, you know, doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense to me, but maybe it makes sense in Japan. Maybe the dialogue, maybe the way that it is, is making sense there. But I think if you're selling it to a American market, to an English market or even North American market or whatever, you need to work on translating it in the way that we can understand it. And I'll give a great example. Um, NT creates, which creates, um, gun uh what is it gunblade uh gun vault uh azora gun vault and my man matt papa who i know who works there he works heavily you know extremely over there he's been on the show multiple times in the past um he works on the adr script he works on translating it to english to make it more you know accessible and understandable to what's going on in, in both cultures so he that's what his job is there for amongst other things so you know, it's it's really, really interesting that it, it is very evident that they uh, 
and apparent that they did not use ADR scripts or writers or anything because whatever's going on in this game needed to be translated bad and you know this is what they did in the past that you know a lot of capcom games have been done like that and a lot of you know games in the past have been done like that where they things were happening differently in america compared to that of the japanese uh versions of the games you know as well so that's why like for instance vega in japan was actually um in bison and all that stuff because you know that was legal situations of course but you know they, there had to be some changes amongst that but there are also some dialogue changes as well because there's some things culturally that we just don't understand i think this is heavily one of them and i think this could have benefited greatly for that uh moving on the game has up to 19 players uh playable characters and every character in the game possesses a form of supernatural ability outside of the perfect possession Despite the weird dialogue, the game provides a very simple and fun control scheme that mixes genres, uh, fighting uh, genre fighting uh, genres like fighting games or shoot and shooters. You know, to give it a new form of gameplay, a bit of a hybrid, if you will. So I think that's the strong point of this. It, one of the strong points of this game that I like is is the simple ineffective type of gameplay that they have here. Very pick up and easy to play. Uh, instead of using traditional you know move sets like you know to perform fireballs and, and punches and kicks and even um, other crazy tricks you just hit a particular button there is an attack button that you could do combos with you know you just keep button mashing that you can also have two different buttons that provide two different types of um you know supernatural attacks and then there's the button that you use to you know do it it's attack format basically so you can use the switch from the master to the slave character or the possessed character, I should say, in there, and uh, use their abilities as well. So it's it, it has a it has a really fun, cool tag format. The gameplay is really its strong point from there. Uh, there's also a gauge that is filled to perform a special move out of there as well. Um, you also never fight on the ground in here, as the game ha uh, has you fighting while levitating in air, which is similar to classic 2D fighting games like Dragon Ball Z or even 3D cult classics like Psychic Force. Remember that? <laughs> That's talk about a talk about a game I would love to see come back. Psychic Force was the was one of my favorite fighters so good they even got an anime out of that one so uh well that's a whole nother game for another day i tell you that but i also love the 32-bit retro graphics provide which provides beautiful amounts of detail and sprite animation as well so a lot of strong points the look the look of it kind of reminds me the look of it in the gameplay well not the gameplay but the just the, you know the supernatural attacks and everything the weird wacky quirky attacks that they have in this game reminds me a lot of uh ramna one half for the super nes if any of you actually had that game which was also based on an absolute classic anime series and um there was a lot of you know weirdness and wackiness out of that game as well but at least the story made a lot of sense in ramna one half on a super nes it that would have such a great game um it is a game worth getting if you, you know, if you just want lighthearted pick up and play, you know, game with a really simple control scheme. Uh, as far as modes, there's not that many modes in the game. There's just only story mode. There's a versus mode and an online mode. It's really, really not not enough to play, but it's it's just there. <laughs> however, however, 
If you're looking for a fighter with a strong narrative, character development, and uh, other modes to play, you may want to look elsewhere because this is just not it. This is definitely not a tournament style fighter that you want to play. So um, I wouldn't recommend this game at all. The game is available on the Nintendo Switch and I believe on other platforms as well. It's on a Nintendo Switch for, I believe, $34.99. It's, it's a shame because at the end of the day, if like... If they had a better story former storytelling and character development here, I, this probably would have been a much better, a much more fun experience for me. But just trying to figure out what's going on in the game and everything, and you know, from start to finish, they put a lot of effort in there, but they just didn't put enough for it to a point that they can make it understandable, understanding to you know, with the story. So. If I'm the great this, this is going to get a C for me. Like you could go out of here. I would say if you want a fun pick up and play game with great graphics and a great character design, this game has it. But in terms of whether it's worth $34.99, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this is probably worth way less than this. And in fact, wait until this goes on sale. Maybe when it goes for maybe I would say half that. 15 bucks at best. This is a $15 game to me, not a $34 game. A $34 game would have provided me a little bit more than this. So, uh, yeah, go out of your way, check it out, but not until it goes down in price. So I, I, I warn you on that one. So, um, let's talk about a fighting game. I think will absolutely be awesome for a lot of reasons. And that is Demon Slayer. This game, this uh, anime series has gotten super popular as of late. Uh, the new movie has come out, and I've I've read that the there's been some record-breaking box office, uh, you know, success with this new movie that's come out in select theaters. Unfortunately, not mine. Um, which I can say my theater is back open now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so um, this game is being. Uh, developed by the people behind Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm, the developers known as Cyber Connect 2, will be the ones behind this fighter, which means expect some great, absolute cinematic spectacle here. I am looking forward to this. If you played uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, you know what to expect. If you played Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm series, you absolutely know what to expect. I am so excited for this. Um, for a lot of reasons because and it, well I, I won't go ahead of myself but a lot of elements of ultimate ninja storm will be involved in this game based on the gameplay footage which is out now it's like a seven minute um clip where the developers are playing through it and if you play ultimate ninja Storm before you know what to expect here or even hell if you even played um what is the game uh my hero academia is on the same on that same level arena type fighting game you know whole entire arena is in 3d so you, you get to play in the elements but there's going to be some awesome things involved with it as well uh i love dragon ball z kakarot you know i look always look forward to playing that i actually just recently played it and i finally got through the freezer the uh the the Frieza actual uh, DLC that they came out with. So I'm ready to play that brand new DLC that's coming out in the summer with Trunks and uh, Gohan. So that is, uh, this is going to be awesome. I, I guarantee you this is going to be awesome. Like the Cyber Connect 2 has not made a bad game yet. And especially when it involves a, a licensed anime series. Um, while the while in a single player mode campaign has been confirmed, 
other modes have yet to be announced but again if you played their um games before they provide a lot of uh they plot they provide a lot of content that is going to be worth the money that they're asking for which is usually around right around 60 bucks uh, unless they have some type of a special uh season mode and all this stuff coming out which is probably going to be running 100 still worth it i thought dragon ball z kakarot was worth it i thought ultimate ninja storm was beyond worth it i brought it multiple times in many different platforms that's how much i love that game uh and we also don't know whether they will go all out for the story mode and include uh cinematic scenes which i think they will and presentation like they did with the two games i i honestly think that they're gonna do it big i i really think because of the the popularity of this game is going to be awesome the other thing that but here's the here's the real thing too because the other thing that has been that has not been announced yet is whether the english cast will lend their voices to the game that is going to tell you right there where how big this game is and i never always not to mention i don't know if, i didn't know if bandai was behind this and i have reason to believe that i think that bandai this is a bandai game uh i didn't get a they didn't show bandai's logo or anything on there but it'd be interesting that this is if not this will be the first bandai game uh the game of the game by connect uh cyber connect 2 that is not being published by bandai namco so that'll be interesting from that point but uh, and that also determine whether an english cast will be on here too because again a lot of times there are a lot of anime games out but not all of them especially when they're published by bandai don't have the english cast um just recently my hero academia finally got the english cast on air for the for the sequel of one's justice 2 which was absolutely it, it made it, it made the game better in my opinion it made it a lot better hearing you know the voices of the cast and everything in there what's going to happen with this because this is going to determine how popular this is in the american audience when they start bringing in the animators i mean not the animators the actors who portray the characters in these games that always speaks volumes for years has always only been dragon ball uh in naruto and then like one piece then began to have their own you know voice had the actors on their first game um fist of the north star but that's from sega so that's a whole different thing right there um but so many others so many others in in, in bandai namco's library have not got it one piece has a has almost about a dozen games that have come out and they still have not gotten an angle the english cast in there which sucks because i love the cast in there which is some of the people that you hear on my hero and dragon ball and naruto it's like why i mean it, it could be a budget thing you know these actors aren't cheap so it could be a budget thing but i think more than anything both you know this game and one piece deserves to have the english cast on here hopefully someday one piece will hopefully this game will this game is set to be released this year and for all platforms too as well so i'm ready i am still looking for it i'm aching for a new fighting game and now a new game coming out from cyber connect 2 it's on i am so ready for this all right my last bit of news here for this segment involves one of my all-time favorite public figures in the world of gaming and that is yoshinori ono the former president of capcom the former executive producer i should say uh of street fighter 
he was in, he was pretty much in charge of the entire Street Fighter series from that point. And if you guys remember, as of last year, he departed with Capcom for I, the reasons for it wasn't really fleshed out. I think there's a I think there's a lot more to it. Uh, COVID could have possibly had a factor in it, but I, it could have been could have been a little bit more to it as well. But I'm pretty sure COVID had something to do with it, but I don't think it was just exact. Um, but now, just announced by him, by the man himself, he is now the new president of a new company. The Street Fighter producer, or the former Street Fighter producer, I should say, has joined with Delight Works as their new president and COO. The company is known for its tactical RPG mobile games known as Fate uh, Grand, which I believe is like the Fate Stay anime series, possibly connected. I could be wrong about that. Um, the company will be publishing a new fighting game coming soon called Melty Blood L, a typical uh, type Lumina. Ono made uh, the announcement recently on Twitter saying, that he is set to join the company on May 1st. So it could be that he transitioned to this company. They were going to give him more, more pay, more. And it could be that factor into it as well. It's 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 really interesting because it's probably hard to leave the Street Fighter franchise that he's been involved in with very intimately in here to move on to this zone. So they must they must be giving him a lot. Again, he's president and COO. So it'll be it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how this goes. He went on to say on Twitter that there may be some distance between him and everybody in the FGC, the fighting game community for a while. But he is looking forward to spending time with them uh, with them again. And he gets when he gets the chance. Uh, so it looks like he's got a lot of work uh, to do in the starts of everything. And uh, he looks like he won't be at, um, Evo. of course, he won't be at Evo at this time. He won't be at the Capcom World Tour, of course. And he won't be at E3, nor he will, will he be at uh, San Diego Comic-Con because it's COVID season still and things are just now starting to open up. Uh, a lot of big events that he would normally attend they're actually postponing to 2022. So uh, I think I think that really took a lot out of them, too. That was a whole thing. Uh, it is really sad. But Yoshinori Ono started at Capcom in 1998 as the sound manager for Street Fighter Alpha 3, which was one of my favorite of all the alphas, and Mega Man Battle and Chase. But his biggest claim to fame comes in the form of Ultra Street Fighter 2, The Final Challenges, and Street Fighter 4, which made which many credit him for revitalizing the fighting game genre, as well as uh, Street Fighter 5. This is going to be very interesting. Will there be a Street Fighter 6 and how will it be without Yoshinori Ono? It's going to be crazy. Ono also worked on Devil May Cry, uh, Dino Crisis 2 and Dead Rising. Uh, Ono-san pretty much became an icon in the fighting game community as the as he would appear in Evo and San Diego Comic-Con and um, Capcom Pro uh, Tour as well. Uh, am I saying that right? Is it Pro Tour? Is Cap Yeah, it is Capcom Pro Tour. Um, but yeah, he would make these appearances all over. I remember uh, having the opportunity to see him and meet with him at, you know, at the meet and greet at Capcom at the uh, Udon booth, which is where I got to meet... Um, 
what was it? Uh, Long Vo at the time. And, you know, Ciampa was all there too. And lo and behold, I end up, you know, years later in 2019 doing a panel with those guys. It's very funny because I have, I, I've taken pictures with them or, took, or of them at the time, never knowing that eventually we would all be working together. And then you've seen Ciampa as well appear on the show. Well, at that time, and if you're in the ACMG Facebook group, I have them in albums of my time at San Diego Comic-Con where I took a picture with um, Yoshinori Ono as he's holding up his favorite Blanca figure as well in there. And that was one of the characteristics that he was always done. He's always known for carrying around his favorite Blanca figure. Um, it's like his little, you know, action figure that he carries around everywhere. He goes to take pictures on social media and whatnot as well. The other thing that he would do also that was awesome is that during panels and whatnot, he would make a grand appearance dressed up as one of the street fighter characters or whatnot and it's just awesome like i have pictures of him uh dressed up as one of the mad gear uh crew and he has this female cosplayer you know as poison dressed as poison it's so awesome he he, he was just always a lot of fun he he's one of the most charismatic guys in, in the gaming industry so it was really sad to hear when he left that company because you know, the question still remains as to why he decided to part ways with Capcom after 30 years, man. Um, just last year, he wrote about him, you know, bringing up problems about the pandemic and how it affected and impacted the Camp Capcom World Tour. So we'll see. Hopefully, maybe we'll get an answer. Maybe somebody will get an interview with him and really get down to the meat of things as to why he left that company. Was it because of this new offer that he got for this new company i mean it's like all of a sudden i thought he was retiring but now he's the president and coo of this new company so it could be a whole business thing that is happening but he's an asset to whoever i just hope that it you know whatever he does next becomes just as great you know and he makes another impact in the gaming community i hope it doesn't turn out like what happened with um what was it uh Keiji Inafune when he left to do his own you know stuff and it didn't work out the way it turned out to be with Mighty Number no. 9 and stuff like that and yeah and Yu Suzuki as well to some extent um you know him working without the power of Sega really dampered on that Shinmu 3 because I still have a hard time playing Shinmu 3 I I wanted to review that game for so long and I still try to play that and I had it's it's it drags there's so especially after playing Yakuza so it's like it, it feels like the heart and soul of that game has been yanked out by the guy who assisted him <laughs> no crime in it but like the guy who assisted him made a better Shinmu game than he did unfortunately so it is what it is but you know congratulations to Yoshinori Ono and I look forward to seeing what he does next. So, folks, that will do it for this segment. We're going to take a break, come back, and I'm going to go on a rant mode, people. Get ready because, you you know, for those who are not familiar with the MMA community or the black community, you're about to be in for a surprise. So stay tuned for that. Our final stage is coming right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTime Live. 
TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! gentlemen welcome to the final stage of this show and i am here to educate all non-mma fans and all people not in the black community as to why the latest skin created and designed by blizzard entertainment for the overwatch game is not racist this is one of those situations that has become completely overblown and i'm going to tell you why if for those who don't know and don't play overwatch overwatch has a ton of skins that they you know out this is an ongoing game that is being played uh one of the longest running games uh in the industry right now and they came out with a new skin that was an mma theme for the character may may is a character one of the most beloved characters in the series uh based uh in in asian descent she's an asian character but they gave her a recent theme that is mma based and what they did here for this is that they gave her a a gi uh which is awesome some you know mma gloves but the most significant thing about it that people be got into an uproar about was the hairstyle they gave her corn rolls and for some reason many people many many people again who are not in the mma community who have not contact sports fans and those may or may not be in the black community doesn't understand. And I think there are some people in the black community who probably made an uproar about this because they're uneducated and don't understand about it as well. Don't get it twisted. I think there are just a bunch of people online who just are waiting to jump at something to, that they want to consider a controversy uh, or controversial and just put the label on it and get ready to cancel them out. I'm here to tell you as a black man and an MMA fan, this is not one of those times. Y'all need to... Y'all need to stay in your lane with this one because for those who don't know in the MMA sport and not even just the MMA sport people and contact sports period, I'm talking, I'm talking boxing. I am talking kickboxing, especially kickboxing more than anything. Women's kickboxing that forever, even men, I'll even, some men actually do this too. In Oh my God, I just realized. In MMA, not just men, I just I just thought about it because there's a, a very popular MMA fighter that wore cornrows as well. But forever, for the longest time, MMA fans have been accustomed to this. Kickboxing fans have been accustomed to this. Corn rolls are worn not by for style, but for safety of the fighter. And God, I, it's so stupid. This is really, really so stupid here. So basically, if you watch MMA, if you watch boxing forever, this is nothing new. What you saw in the character May is nothing new. She is representing 
a culture of fighting and a style. They wear cornrows to make sure that the hair is not in the way and that you're not getting a head kick because you're in a you have a blind side of your face. They do this for safety. They've been doing this for years. I can easily tell that everybody who made an uproar about this basically have never watched a kickboxing match, have never watched a Muay Thai match, have never watched a Vale Tudo match, have never watched an MMA match, have never watched boxing. Ronda Rousey, Uriah Favor, the Karate Hottie, I mean, just to name a few, Paige Van Zandt, I believe. There are so many fighters, popular fighters that have worn cornrows only and only in the ring. They only wear those in the ring because it's a form of safety. If you wear your hair out, some of the some of these fighters have long hair. So if you wear your hair out, there's a chance. There's only one fighter I know that's crazy enough to wear his hair out and don't put any cornrows, and that's Clay Guida because he likes to fight wild. He does not care. He is just all in. But otherwise, everybody else smart for 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 strategic and smart reasons wear their hair and cornrows. And not everybody. Some some people have their hair buzz. Some people have it back in a ponytail. And some people don't choose to have cornrows not because it's a racist or a cultural appropriation. But because they, you know, it to wear cornrows, it's sometimes tight. Some people have, you know, soft heads. Some people have, you know, sensitive heads. So they, you know, wearing cornrows may give them headaches. It can, it can, you know, affect them in different ways. So that is understandable. So some people prefer to just use ponytails or whatever like that. But for most, they wear cornrows to make sure that there's no nothing blindsiding them. You know, a a a hook. A, you know, a, a hook shot, you know, an uppercut, you know, anything. Your hair can get in the way. Your hair can cause you a, a blind spot and you can easily get knocked out. The last thing you want to do is get concussed because you're not seeing anything because you're constantly moving your hair when you should be guarding or stuff like that. People, stop the stupidity. If you're going to make if you're going to make an argument about something, at least do your homework research about the sport and why this happens people are i it's so stupid like this is when this is the times when geek goes wrong it's just my thing is with this find a better reason to argue something you just cannot argue everything down you can't just jump the gun and you know what's funny bill maher i watched bill maher's show I don't agree with everything Bill Maher say all the time. He does. He, he, a lot of things he says is, is valid and it is right. Other times he makes mistakes. He definitely made a mistake when he embalmed on there thinking he could get away with that. His privilege would allow him to get away with that. And, uh, he got reprimanded for that, but he owned up to it as well. But he was right recently about how the younger generation is so quick to cancel everything out and is so quick to jump at everything that happens. This is one of them. And normally there are some things that are warranted. There's some things that are that warrants the right to be canceled. And there's some things that needs to be looked at in another perspective. But with everything, before you jump the gun, you need to research. You need to do your homework. And in this case, you need to do your homework about the look of May because there is no reason why Blizzard Entertainment should be cursed out or reprimanded. If you're an MMA fan, if you're, you know, you should understand this. I am, I am a black man. I am an MMA fan. 
I understand why this is. I know that they're not doing this to try to be a part of something or, or uh, cultural appropriation or anything. This is clearly a form of strategy and tech and technique. You, this is totally because to keep their self from being in a concussive type of situation. So before anybody, please, please, before anybody start jumping a gun or anything, do your homework first. Don't just jump and say it the minute that you say, because now you see what's happening now. They're on Twitter and everybody's making a big deal out of this. And at this case, I, I'm not on the side of social media. I am on the side of Blizzard Entertainment. I think the people of Blizzard Entertainment knew about this. They knew the culture. I think there are some MMA fans in that culture. I believe that there are more MMA fans in Blizzard Entertainment than they are in the... Is on social media, and therefore they understand this. You can't defend this. You can't make a big deal out of this right now when Uriah Favor has been wearing cornrows his entire career in MMA, dating back since the 2000s and the 90s when he was uh, fighting in WEC and he was dominating there. You can't say that for the Karate Hottie who's been dominating and then fighting in that Paige Van Sant. Ronda Rousey fought in both WWE and UFC in cornrows. This is so ridiculous. This is beyond ridiculous. Please, I, I hope for the best of me. I hope somebody from Blizzard Entertainment is listening to this and I hope for goodness sake that they don't back down from this because this is just one of those things. And if you're one of those people that is not in the black community, that are trying to say that this is offensive to the black community. You don't speak for me. You don't speak for me. You don't speak for anybody else. You don't tell me or anybody else that this is offensive to me when you don't even know the significance of this. This is totally, this is totally BS. And I, I need people. I need all of those people to be educated, whether you want to be an MMA fan or not. It, look, at least research why they do this this is a this is even goes be before mma this actually goes way back to like i said muay thai this goes back into kickboxing in the philippines I mean, you watch kickboxing all the time if you watch kickboxing matches throughout decades ago you will see footage of the women in cornrows as they're fighting this is nothing new this is nothing new at all Please, people, stop trying to find some way to make something controversial for the benefit of getting likes and retweets. This is not one of those situations. Stop it. You all, all this is is just people trying to get clout and trying to be a part of these show. And I, I, I never really joked about the social justice warrior situation before, but now I'm joking this. This is ridiculous. This is one of those situations. This is why people get a bad name and why social justice gets a bad name in some cases because you got idiots out here on the internet on social media trying to make something out of nothing educate yourselves people seriously this is just not one of those things i i swear to goodness i for for what it's worth i absolutely love this look i love the look i love the cornrows i i think it's i think it's very appropriate for the theme that they're doing now if they were to say, if they were to doing a, a skin for May, that it was supposed to be a hip hop theme, and they then they had the cornrows or they had dread, or locks or whatever like that, yeah, I would have had some little beef with that. This is not one of those cases. You know, if she if she was trying to look like Cardi B or whatever like that, 
I would have has that would have been some cases that if she tried to look like somebody in the Latino community, there would have been some issue with that. You know, to say you know their cultural no, there's no there's nothing a culture uh, culturally inappropriate about this at all. In fact, it is more culturally inappropriate if in terms of subculture because that's what they do in the MMA community. There's nothing wrong with this. I'm telling you now. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. And I dare somebody, I challenge somebody out. I would love to have somebody on the show who's listening right now to tell me otherwise. I dare them. I would dare them. <laughs> it's just not one of those things. Pick your battles, people. That's all I'm saying. So I don't really think I have too much to say to this. It's just going on ranting. It's just ridiculous. Just pick your battles. That's all I'm going to say from there. Folks. That will do it for this episode of Select Start. Thank you guys so very much for being a part of the show. Um, this Sunday, I am going to be talking about the latest anime show uh, series from uh, what is from uh, Netflix called Yusuke uh, or Yasuke, which is based on the actual actual events in history of an African slave who became a samurai, if I'm correct. So they have an anime series out for that right now. And uh, I'm going to check it out as well as the season finale of Invincible, which is out now. And oh my goodness, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with that. So um, I am glad that I'm able to get this episode out because as of today, I'm going out with my my parents-in-law who are all vaccinated along with my wife and I, we're actually going out, we're going to, uh, go out to a restaurant. So that's what I'm going to do right now. But what you could do right now is keep supporting this, uh, episode and all episodes of talk time live and the select start, which select start is our video game podcast for those who don't know. And it's our talk time live extra show as well. So, um, Go out of your way to check it out on TalkTimeLive.com, which, like I said it before, stay tuned. You can still listen to all of the episodes on there. It just looks very different right now, not to my standards, but stay tuned. I got a feeling there's going to be a uh, new chapter coming in terms of the website as well. But if you want to subscribe and download on all your favorite podcast platforms, you could go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, and Pandora. You can check it out all of those places as well but stay tuned for more because this may be the means for uh a new generation of talk time live so thank you guys again uh that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and be safe everybody Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.